Hey everybody, this is Tom Sharpling, and welcome to Best Show Gems, the best of the best show on WFMU. Basically, this is a podcast we're going to do every other week, giving you a uh, bite-sized version of all the mirth and mayhem that goes on every week on the best show on WFMU. So please check out this exciting clip. As I was saying, all throughout the last couple weeks, we uh, have a special guest coming on. He's an author. He's written a book about uh, about being a roadie. He uh, was a roadie for uh, you know, I guess like the last however many decades. He's uh, been on the road with a bunch of exciting groups, and we have him on. His book is called Roadie Rage, Tales from the Rock and Roll Trenches. Let me see if this is him right now. WFMU, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, it's Craig Bullens. Hey, Craig. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, now, you are uh, you are a roadie. Uh, yeah, roadie, guitar tech, you know, drum tech also. And you have a book out now, yes, yeah. which is called Roadie Rage. Yeah. And the subtitle is Tales from the Rock and Roll Trenches. That's right, yes. Now this, uh, I guess I should say up front, just so you know, I, I, I have not had a chance to read the book intently. I did have a chance to skim through it this weekend. And okay. uh, and so who, who are some of the groups you, uh, you, you've been on the road with? Well, uh, geez, I started in... Uh... 77, and that first gig I, I did was uh, doing uh, drums with Alvin Taylor, who was uh, playing with Bob Welch at the time. Remember Bob Welch? Sure, this sure. This was uh, around the, the time of Sentimental Lady, mm-hmm. and we went all over the world. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's all connections in this world, you know, it's in, in terms of music, that sort of thing, and bands. And through the Bob Welch thing, I ended up doing some work with Zevon, uh, McGuinn Clark and Hillman. Uh, then my big break came as a result from that. I ended up getting the drum tech gig for Don Henley on the Eagles Long Run Tour in uh, 1980. Okay, and that was kind of the big gig for you. Yeah, that was like the big. That was sort of the ultimate back then because those guys were those guys were massive then, and uh, you know, it just kind of went from there. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story that's that's in the book that I think is really uh, interesting and uh, like. Uh, you know, Don was Don was a really, really intense and interesting guy to work for because he he had this really unusual way of of setting up his his kit, his drums. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Like the angles were were really unusual, like any any uh, kit I've ever seen before. You know, like it, it just seemed like he couldn't really hit him that well, but of course he always could, and you know he was great. And my uh, it was also my job to swing his vocal mic around, because he sang lead on, on a lot of the songs. Sure. And uh, I'll never forget one night in Philly, I forgot to swing it to him uh, right before the final chorus uh, of Take It Easy. And he threw this drumstick at me. He wasn't mad, though. You know, he, did, he just wanted the show to be perfect, because mm-hmm. you know, that's the kind of, kind of guy he was. You know. wait, wait, I'm sorry, that, that wasn't Philly. That was actually in New York. And I remember that because that was the night I met my first wife. That's right, yeah. That's right. She was backstage, and we just kind of kind of hit it off. You know how that goes when you just kind of meet someone for the first time? 
and it, and it, you feel that it click. Exactly. Yeah, I, I that was definitely the first time I, I'd ever had that. And uh, I mean, truth be told, I think she was excited to meet someone who had never actually seen or heard of Alien. Never heard of what? Alien. The movie? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, Sigourney and I had kind of this whirlwind courtship after that. We ended up getting married in early 81. And, uh... Wait, you're a So, you're, your wife? Mm-hmm. You said alien. So, Sigourney Weaver, are you talking about? Yeah, my first wife, yeah. You're, so you're married? Wow. No, I was I was married to her. It, it didn't it didn't last long. Okay. You know, she was getting really hot, and she was about to do, um, you know, Ty Old, and I was about to go out with the uh, the Jay Giles band for the next year. What was she going to do? Ty Old. What is that? The year of living dangerously. Oh, okay. So it's like a okay, an anagram for yeah, yeah. Okay. We just kind of grew apart, you know, and then we we ended up getting getting divorced and early 83 but i'm 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 way off track now sorry about uh-huh. that. yeah so so that was not I, I i saw the don henley stuff in in the in the book mm-hmm. but i didn't see the stuff about you meeting your wife at the thing so that's yeah i i didn't i didn't put that in there i didn't i didn't really think that was i don't know that, that's personal life stuff you know uh-huh you know? sure but, okay uh, so, but i learned i learned a ton of stuff from don you know i learned i learned a ton about show prep you know, you wouldn't think a guy like that would retire a ton of stretching before a show, but you know, because the Eagle songs were kind of laid back and that sort of thing. But uh, he'd really hit it getting ready for those shows and t- you know, way into yoga, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And you know, it was it was a real learning experience. Just kind of seeing how a guy like that uh, takes care of himself. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So from that, I went on to um, uh, the Freeze Frame tour, Jay Giles Band. This was in '81, '82. Uh huh. And, uh, oh, my God, the stories I could tell about that. Peter Wolf? Yeah. Oh, my God, what a scream. Uh-huh. Like what? Well, like one thing, he'd, he'd do this thing where he'd single out one of the road crew every night, you know, uh-huh. and make up this funny story about them yeah. during, during that song, uh, Ain't Nothing But a House Party. You know, it has, a, has like several big breakdowns in it. Uh-huh. You know, and he'd, he singles me out in, uh, it, this is in the book, he singled me out in Austin, uh, Bangor, Maine, Scranton, Ottawa, uh, and Kansas City. Okay, so yeah. those are the nights he's like. And well, 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 how did he like single you out? What do you mean? Like what? Like what do you mean single you out? Oh, he he just say, hey, you know, this is Craig, and you know he's a party animal, and uh, you know if you want, any girls, you know, want to want his key, you know, he had he had a fake, he had a bunch of fake keys every night that he'd throw out uh-huh. in the crowd, and you know he's in room two hundred four, that sort of thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Great video game player too. Peter Wolf. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Asteroids. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I should let everybody know we have uh, an author on Craig Bullens. Is it Bullens or Bullens? Bullens. Bullens. Yeah. Yeah. Craig Bullens yeah. is on the show. He is a uh, guitar tech and uh, roadie, and his book is called Roadie Rage, Tales from the Rock and Roll Trenches. So um, that stuff with Peter Wolf, I mean, that's that kind of... Uh, did I, were there wild things that kind of came out of him singling you out on stage like that, kind of calling you out? Not really, no. No, because the crew was really separate from, you know, from the band in terms of after the show. The crew, that's when, that's when the crew really works. You know, so you're loading out while the band is, you know, whenever banging chicks or whatever they're doing. Uh-huh. You know, and so, 
I, I yeah, I, I wasn't really taking part in that sort of thing. That's kind of what the what the joke was, I guess. You know? Okay. So so from that, I went on to the Neil Young uh, gig. I, I was super lucky to get that. This was the Trans Tour. Sure. '83, uh, uh, which was kind of a, a very odd tour for him. If, I'm not sure if you're, if you're a fan or not. That's like when there was a the the vocoder. Exactly. Yep. Entered yep. the picture where he sang. Yep. Th- that uh, some of those like robotic songs. That's right. And um, I was doing um, some guitars for him, and I was also doing a lot of guitars for uh, for Nils Lofgren too, who was on that tour. Sure. And um, that was something else that tour. And I, I go into once again great detail in the book. Um, you know, Neil wanted a different kind of feel for those shows, and it was it was real hard to kind of make it flow because it it was kind of acoustic stuff, and then you know the hard rock stuff, like you know the heavy like a hurricane stuff, and then that synthy kind of stuff on you know on trance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'll never forget the time <laughs> I handed him his voice synth instead of his harmonica right there, about to go into sedan delivery one night. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> the the look he gave me, I, I, I'm not sure what I was more worried about that night, him, him firing me or the death threats that had been put out against my family. Um, well, why, why, what were death threats? From the harmonica incident? No, no, something else. Um, my dad's Vince Bugliosi. Who was that again? Vince Bugliosi. The lawyer? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. He was he was the uh, L.A. district attorney who prosecuted Manson in '71, which I'm, I'm assuming most of your listeners probably probably know. And uh, I, I guess that night Manson had sent out these orders that our family was to have been knocked off, and you know, that was the kind of the day we were told about it. You know, and, uh, when you were doing this Neil Young gig, exactly. Yeah, and I, I was uh, I I had a police escort for the the next week. Uh huh. No, I I got a, I I didn't see that I saw the Neil Young stuff, mm-hmm. but it really seemed like it was um, just the stuff about the vocoder and the harmonica. That and the big pedal board, yeah. Yeah, but the the death threats were not really. Uh, you you it doesn't seem like you went into that. No, I, I didn't really touch on that at all because yeah, that's that's my family and I, I I it's a rock and roll book. I didn't really think that that was something that people would be that interested in well I mean? I mean that's that is interesting though well, the idea of a guy being on the road and you know the, the manson fan but charles manson basically uh, putting out a uh a, you know a death sentence on yeah. him him and his family mm-hmm. well yeah, yeah i mean it, i'll tell you one thing i put a massive cramp in my style at that point because i was i was on the reed brown from sigourney and uh I was actually about to get married again, which was going to be a massive mistake. Uh-huh. I mean, I should have learned the first time never to marry an actress. You know? Uh-huh. Well, who was the actress? Shelley Long. From Cheers? Yeah. Real. So you married Shelley. Your wives are, are Sigourney Weaver and mm-hmm. Shelley Long. Right. We met at, the, at this missing person show and just kind of clicked. It was at the Whiskey. And, uh, uh-huh. Just, you know, just kind of, kind of hit it off. And, you know, I mean, it wouldn't have worked. You know, mm-hmm. she was getting getting big at that point, and I was about to go out with the Kinks. You know? Uh-huh. So, uh, so, so again, that's not, I, I, this is news to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just didn't think it would be of, of, of much interest, you know, because uh, a rock and roll fan's going to buy the book, and you know, what do they care that, you know, I was 
you know, I have several days worth of missing time on that Kinks tour. You know what? But that's kind of interesting from a celebrity standpoint. What the missing time? What do you mean with Shelley Long? Like, what do you mean? Like, it was you and, uh, like, like you mean like you and her being romantic? No. Oh, oh no, no. You, you know what missing time is? Have you read the Dave Davies book? No. That he put out. Well, on this tour that I did with him, uh, the world, of, the word of mouth tour in '84. Uh, Dave had this this weird experience, and it's it's well documented in, in his book, where he made contact with it, with aliens. Uh huh. So he says, and and uh, you know they begin talking to him, and and uh, you know I had a very similar experience on that tour, being Dave's guitar tech. I, I, I'm not sure if if I was sort of you know zoomed in on also, but I had several several missing days on that tour where I don't know where I was. You know, I have no memory of them. If, you, if, if you've seen that show, the 4400? Yes. On uh, the USA Network, it's very similar to that. Really? Yeah, and I've, I've, I've had that experience probably two times a year ever since then, and that was in 1984. Two, two times a year? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you go through, what is, now what is it like? I, I don't know. I mean, I, like say for example, I, I, Last thing I remember on that tour, I was in Albuquerque. We loaded out. I got on the uh, bus, went back to the hotel, and it's two days later, and I'm in Anaheim on the bus again. I have no memory of what happened. Of two days' worth. Two days, yep. Wow. And that still happens to me, yeah. But anyway, Dave's amp, his his amp setup was really interesting because he would would go from that that classic sound, that wah, 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 Sure. You know, back then he, he, he actually stuck, I think, knitting needles into his speaker cones to make that, but now he's got this, you know, this pretty, pretty intense sort of um, pedal system, you know, that, that, that kind of simulates that thing, and he slaves that into a, uh, into a Vox uh, uh, 430 and then in, into a couple Marshall cabinets. So that's, that's pretty interesting how he gets that sound. Yeah, I guess that that's kind of interesting if you're really into guitar, yeah, tech stuff, right? Yeah, are you? Not particularly. No, not for, not on you that. You don't end. find that 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 interesting. I mean, you. Not really. Huh. I mean, not personally. Not right. that. I mean, I'm sure there are people who do, but I mean, to tell you the truth, personally, the missing time stuff is pretty fascinating. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I guess I I just figured I keep my personal life out of this and. Uh, no, uh, but isn't that the point of writing a book, like about yourself? I, I don't. I, I guess I, I didn't look at it that way. I thought it would be, you know, geared towards rock fans, you know. And I'm actually surprised that that you're kind of reacting this way because I, I was told you were a big a big rock fan. Oh, oh, I am a big rock fan. You don't but seem to be interested in, in in that sort of thing. I mean, but I mean, you're you're giving me stories that are. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a an amp sound. And, uh, you know, handing Neil Young a uh, vocoder instead of a harmonica. Right. And then you're leaving out stories that you're, you're that I'm hearing about. I mean, again, I, I skimmed the book. I didn't yeah. see any of these, right. though. You know, about being married to Shelley Long and, right. and Sigourney Weaver. And the fact that the, the Manson family, uh, Charles Manson basically uh, declared, uh, you know, a hit on you and your family. 
Well, here's a, here's a story you can't not love, okay? Are you ready? Sure. Are you an REO fan? REO Speedwagon? Yeah, yeah. Sure, I like, I like some of the hits. Okay. We know their guitar player, Gary Richrath. He's not in the band anymore, but yeah. he, was, he was with them in, in their heyday. Sure, sure. Loves eclairs. I'm not sure if he still does, but back then, I mean, he, he lived for a good eclair. Uh-huh. And so one day we're at Pine Knob in Michigan, and uh, I go into the band's dressing room. There's no eclairs on the table. I almost lost it. So I start, I start screaming at the hospitality person, uh-huh. and she goes, I, I guess we must have forgotten them. At this point, I'm about to lose it because I know Gary's going to be so mad that his hair's going to go straight when he sees this stuff. You know, uh-huh. there's, there's nothing there. So I try to get the runner to go out, but he's already left the venue to get this new EQ pedal for Kevin Cronin. You know, so what I have to do is I get one of the stagehands to lend me his car to go into town to get some eclairs. Mm-hmm. And Gary's super specific about this stuff. And it's got to be this eight-pack variety. Of Eclair. Exactly. Yeah. So uh-huh. I get into town. It's Labor Day. And like almost every place is closed. So I go to this one store, and they have e- Eclairs, but it's in a six-pack, which which is no-go. You know? Okay, because Gary likes the these eight-packs. got to be eight-pack, you know. So I'm starting to really sweat because it's like an hour and a half like an hour and a half has gone by and I'm really due back at the venue soon mm-hmm. finally I find an eight pack and I start heading back to the, the venue yeah only I'm caught in the biggest traffic jam of all time yeah I'm literally sweating bullets just thinking am I going to make this am I going to make this uh-huh. and this is pre cell phone days you know so no one knows where I am yeah you know so Oh, well, my, my heart's kind of racing right now just even thinking about it. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I end up making it back just in time, just in time for lunch. Uh-huh. Wait, what, lunch? Yeah. What do you mean, lunch? What do you mean? Uh, I made it back just in time for lunch. They're about to, about to shut down the catering thing. Well, what, um, <laughs> what time was the show? The show was at, at uh, 8.30. And what, well, what time did you actually get back? Three. Hey, hold on. So you, so what? what's the whole, pa- like, panic? Well, I needed to get there before Gary showed up for sound check. Yeah. You know, otherwise he'd be in, he'd be in a real horrible mood all day. Sure, sure. Well, what time, how, how soon did you get back before sound check? I got there at three, and uh, Gary and the band got there at five, I think. It's like you got there with like two hours to spare. Yeah. Why? I mean, that's not that. It's not that intense. Uh, I mean, why'd you have me on your show if you're, you just don't seem to like any any of the stories that I'm telling? Well, you? The, I gotta say these stories are 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 a little disappointing. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, okay. Well, let, I'll page through the book here and I'll see if I can find something you like here. Uh, I did the Crazy Nights tour for Kiss. I was I was Eric Carr's drum tech. Uh, okay, any kind of insane, uh, you know, like store like debauchery stories or anything? Well, I remember I, I was helping Eric get his, his drums in order this one day, and he showed me this really super cool drum rudiment that uh-huh. he came up with, and uh, it's written out in the book. It takes up about five pages, and that's worth the, the price of the book alone, I think. Of a drum rudiment? Yeah. 
it's sort of like a flam paradiddle, but it's a little, it's got like a little sort of what they call a rough in there in the middle of it. So it's, I mean, no one else did it. You know, come to think of it, Eric was the guy that bailed me out of jail after I punched out Brian May. Wow, you got to tell that story. Well, Brian May was making making some remark about my shirt. It was a it was a firm shirt. Remember the uh-huh. firm? Sure, the band, the firm. Yeah, okay. yeah with uh, with Page. Yeah. So, and Brian May mentioned something about Jimmy Page, which I thought was insulting. It turns out it wasn't. I misheard it, and I punched him in his face and also in his ass. Uh huh. And I, I I ended up spending the night in the hut, and uh, that pretty much put an end to my eight year intense relationship with cocaine and alcohol. Uh huh. Well, this is the kind of stuff that you know people. I mean, look, you're you're talking that's about not in the, the book either. Well, that that's not in the book. Why? why? Yeah. Well, no. I was going to ask you why. Okay. Well, I well, or if you want debauchery, you know, I I was on the uh, '88 uh, GNR tour. I, I I was Izzy's guitar tech for okay. a lot of that tour. Well, you know, before you even waste my time. Is, oh. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Is this story in the book that you're about to tell? This is mentioned. I mean, it's not really a story, but basically what it boils down to, I didn't get to see any of it because I got demoted to just truck duty on that tour. So I didn't, I wasn't even there for the shows or anything. I was sleeping during all of it. So it sounded really wild, though. Uh huh. So, so there's. uh, Iggy Pop after that. Uh huh, uh huh. He was great. G- give me the juiciest story. Okay. Well, that's in the book. Well, I don't think you're going to find it juicy. I mean, you might find juicy the part that I didn't I didn't put in because I didn't think it would be of interest. Okay, but the whole story is this basically. Most people don't know that Iggy plays guitar pretty well, and he, he's a lefty. And my job was to track down these vintage guitars for him to play. Uh huh. And he loved the look of this '68 Tele that that Izzy Stradlin played. But he, of course, needed a lefty model. So that was a, a, a tall order. And I remember spending all of our day off in San Francisco in October of 89, going to all these shops trying to find this lefty version of the 68 Tele. And I found one, but it ended up getting lost because I was almost killed by this falling bridge. By a falling bridge? Yeah, remember the, the San Francisco quake of, of 89? Sure, sure. Yeah, well... You've probably seen this footage of, of the car that was cut in half yes. by the falling pieces of the Bay Bridge. Uh-huh. That was me. That was, that was car. your car. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And well, that, yeah, that was it, me. And so that might be the most fascinating story in your book, then. That's not in the book, either. I, <laughs> Why not? I, I, don't, I just didn't think it would, it would hold people's attention. You know, i, I got to say, Craig, you call this thing roadie rage. Tales from the rock and roll trenches. Right. Which implies something. It implies that the stories are going to have a certain amount of uh, edge to them. So you're going to tell me that I should I should probably put the sip story in. What is that? Well, this is back in '90. The tour I did after Iggy was I went out with the Pixies. I was I was Kim Deal's bass tech. Yeah. And I'd gone to Europe to recharge before going out with Jane's Addiction, which was the next tour. Yeah. In the summer of 91, and unfortunately, the the SIP party had other ideas. What is the SIP party? I went to Spain, and the Spanish insurgents party. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I was kidnapped in Spain by 
members of their party, and I, I was held for five months against my will. Uh, uh, yeah, you should have put that in the book. So you were basically held for five months as a as a captive. Yeah, until the Pope intervened. So the Pope intervenes in an incident where you're being held hostage, and you don't feel that that fits a story. Not in this, in the context of this book. I mean, I mean, do you want me to write in there that I lost 30, 34 pounds and reached unknown realms of consciousness as a result? You know what? It would it would have been interesting. Yes, oh. you. Well, I guess I won't tell you. It's not when I, when I was drum teching for Sim Kane on the Rollins Band tour. Jeez. I got. I got. I just got to say, your book. It. it, it you. I, I didn't know you had these stories in you. I have no idea why you would choose not to tell any of the good ones. So you want to hear all the kind of salacious sort of nitty gritty stuff, like about you know about Dave Grohl, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would say that's uh, that would be the kind of thing that anybody would kind of want to hear. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't want to blow any any myths for people. You know what I mean? What do you mean, myths? Well, like that Dave Grohl's actually a tall guy. What do you? How is that a myth? Well, he's not. Like, how tall is he? He's three eleven. Why? Hold on, Dave Grohl. Uh huh. The guy from Foo Fighters. And Nirvana, yeah. And Nirvana is how tall? 3'11". How is he 3'11"? He is. I don't know what, it, I don't know what, is, what the exact cause of it is. I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, he's bigger than, like, Vern Troyer. No, I understand that. I, no, I'm saying uh, when you watch videos and stuff, uh, he's not uh, that small, though. Well, a lot, a lot, that's, that's a lot of smoke and mirrors, though. You know, see, I I I didn't want to tell you this stuff. Uh, well, how? you're kind of like pushing my buttons to okay. do it. Well, how on earth is that smoke and mirrors? A l I'm just saying, a lot of a lot of stuff goes into making him look normal. You know, the guys in the band, whenever the guys in the band are are kind of pictured with him, yeah, they're crouching down. I've seen videos and things where he's standing right next to well, them. Well, okay, okay, I'll spill it. All right. Yeah. Oh. Are we are we actually on the air? Yes, we are. Well, I'm putting I'm putting my future as as a tech in jeopardy here. Okay. okay? So, basically, when he plays on stage, mm -hmm. okay, the stage is made of this special material that rises wherever he steps, and okay. it, and it raises him up several feet. Yeah. And you know, so whenever he he like goes to like another guy in the band, he's just as tall as them because the stage has risen. Like to, three feet to kind of match to match the height, and the other guys look like they're they're right up tight with him. You know, like when you're seeing them play, uh -huh. but they're actually way in the back of the stage. How is that possible? It, it's just lighting and 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 this mirror stuff. I mean that that's where he he sinks all his money. He, he sinks. He's all. not that well off. You'd think he'd be super rich. He spends all of it, you know, making himself look like he's five ten. It's it's quite sad. So so you're saying that Dave Grohl mm -hmm. of Nirvana and Foo Fighters right spends all his money mm -hmm. trying to make it look like he's he's five foot ten when he's three foot eleven yeah and he spends all his money on mirrors and then things on the stage that rise up right which is no knock at his talent great songwriter great great singer guitarist drummer it's just that he's you know. He's not quite as tall as a as a 
10-year-old. Now, why on earth would you not have put that in the book? Because I didn't want to, you know, I mean, the roadie's creed is, is to never, you know, spill the beans, which I've just done um, thanks to you. Thank you. The, the roadie's creed. Why did you write a book then? The book was supposed to appeal to rock and roll fans. My book was supposed to be like a fun, a fun read, but apparently your criteria, it, it's not fun, and I, I need to just spill all the dirt on people. Uh-huh. You know? So. The, the creed. I, well, I mean, I apologize for, for criticizing a book I'm sure you worked very hard on. Well, but I'd, I'd love to get your comment on the 10-page uh, you know, color fold-out section. Well, I don't have the book in front of me. It's my laminate collection. I don't even remember. To tell you the truth, I skimmed through the book. I must have just, I must have kind of glazed over when I saw it. Well, basically, for the listener, it's a 10-page pullout section, color photo of all my laminates laid out from all my years of touring. There's 263 of them. Of all your all the laminates from all the different tours, laid. All my passes. Yep. Yeah. Every everything. Those guys are like my children, you know. Your laminates are like your children. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're like my children who don't talk back or get kicked out of college for hate speech. Hate speech. Yeah. Wow. So these are your. How many children do you have? Six. No, eight. You. <laughs> Wow, that, that that was a little telling. What's that? That you actually forgot two of your kids for a second. So, like, what, you have, there's a mother somewhere who you had a couple kids with who uh, you've kind of forgotten about? No, actually, two mothers that each had one. Each had one little rat that, uh... Little rat? Mm -hmm. So you actually forgot about two kids that had two different mothers for a second there. When I remember, I send some dough. The count in your head, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're you're just uh, you're 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 a very sad man. Hey, guess who I was out with last year? Who? Green Day. Yeah. How did that go? Great, uh, great guys. And uh, in the book, I, I I talk in great detail about how cool the the kids of of uh, of the guys in the band are. You know. Uh huh. They're very cool kids, and I, I, had, I had so much fun playing games with those guys. You know, the little children we played, you know, we, we, we tossed balls around and stuff. And uh, I'm just so glad that those kids remained safe and I never had to do anything with them like I had to do back in 87. What did you have to do in 87? Remember uh, baby Jessica? The baby that got stuck in that well in Texas? Uh-huh. I was one of her rescuers. Really? Yeah. I'd taken this break from the KISS tour, and I was staying with a friend in Odessa, Texas, and I'd done a little EMS teching, you know, training and stuff. And, and you ended up? Word came that this was happening, and I was one of the first people there. And you've probably seen that, that picture of me in Newsweek holding her. Really? Yeah. yeah. And again, I'm just going to assume, uh -huh. not in the book. Not in the book, no. Why? Oh, your book, I, I just, I, you really, this is a massive miscalculation on your part. Well, i got to say that I'm not a fan of yours. Oh, well, good. Then at least it's a two-way street. Oh, well, then uh, don't come asking for uh, free ticks for System of a Down when they come through. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to restrain myself. Okay. Well, I want to tell you that uh, 
Volume 2 is in the works. Volume 2 of your book? That's right. I got a little sidetracked. Oh. But, uh, you know, with the, uh, the, the trial. What trial? Uh, the Michael Jackson trial. How were you involved in the Michael Jackson trial? I was a juror. <laughs> you were a juror? Uh-huh. Well, congratulations on on a great job on the jury. Hey, the, the evidence was not that uh, was not all that convincing. Well, the the evidence well not, not why why not all that convincing? It just wasn't. You're on a jury where you had people like that that maniac old woman. People like that. So so I, I am people like that. Is that is that, is that where we are at, at this stage of the game? Yeah. Really? I'm gonna say I'm actually gonna say yes. Oh, okay. You, you are, you let, you, what didn't prove anything to you? The guy with the white hair, I, I just, he just rubbed me the wrong way. The, the prosecution. Yeah. Yeah, the guy with the white hair. Yeah. Yeah, you. No, yeah, I didn't like him. Who did you like, though? I liked, uh, Michael Jackson. You liked him? Yeah. <laughs> how, I wish I could be his, his guitar tech. How did you come in contact with Michael Jackson? No, just from... Just from you know being a fan of his records and stuff, you know, a huge fan back in the day. Uh huh. Yeah. Of course, I, I didn't tell the uh, tell them that when they were doing selections. Oh. What? Wait, wait. Yeah. What? What? You know what? What? You know. You know what? What's your problem? I, I'm just this, this vibe I've gotten from you all night. It's like I gotta tell the uh, publicist, you know, there that that uh, you know. Steer the other authors away from the, from this show. Yeah, well, you know what? If 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 they're the quality of person that you are, please tell your publicist to steer them away. Oh well, I'll tell you to steer something. <laughs> yeah, a, a specific place. Yeah. Well, so you're going out with System of a Down right yeah. now. Yeah. Hopefully you get. I hope you get fired. Really? Well, I'm not going to. Uh, I you know, I will. Well, guitar tech you'll ever ever see. It's what. I said I'm the best guitar tech you'll ever see. Oh, I could care less. Really? Yeah, really. Okay, well, maybe you'll be caring when they murder you. Yeah, I'll say that a little louder. What? Say this, no, say it again. I said, I said, well, it doesn't matter what I said. No, you said I heard the word Look, I murder. I wrote a book and you didn't. I think there's some jealousy there. I've, I've, heard, I've heard from the people at Bloomsbury that you you fancy yourself a, a writer and you're just, you know, you're just not up to snuff, I guess. Yeah, I'm not yeah. as good a person as you. Say it again. Uh, I'm not as You're good a person. Say it. I'm not as good a person uh, well, as you. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't free Michael Jackson from the uh, trunk. Well, dare to dream, my friend. Dare to dream. Oh, you're you're sick. You're an awful person. Uh, all right. Well, you're going to get murdered. Thank you. I heard that. Go away. <laughs> get off my phone. Ugh. Not a fan. A not a fan. Well, thank you for listening to Best Show Gems, the best of the best show on WFMU. If you like what you just heard, the full-length program is done each and every Tuesday night from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen on your radio in the New York, New Jersey area at 91.1 FM or anywhere on the globe at WFMU.org. WFMU.org also has an extensive archiving of all the previous episodes of The Best Show and 
You can get more information on the program over at friendsoftom.com. I want to thank a few people, if I could. Martin DeGrell, the producer and compiler of Best Show Gems. Thank you, Martin. Mel Matsuoka, who is the producer of the full-length three-hour Best Show podcast each and every week, and the protector of the Best Show and WFMU archives. Thank you, Mel. John Worcester, obviously, thank you. Associate producer Mike and everybody at WFMU, thank you so much. If you like what you just heard, check out the full-length show. Uh, you can download the podcast or listen live at WFMU.org.